don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Kirsten. I'm not Kirsten. I'm Michelle. <laughs> you threw me off. <laughs> I just wanted to do something different. I know. I was trying to think of what we can do different. <laughs> how to how to spice it up. Yeah, how to spice it up a little bit. But anyway, we're back with another Storytime episode. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, I'm going to be reading a story today from two stories today, actually. From the subreddit Dark Tales. I've okay. been really hooked on it. There's some really good stories on there. Okay, bet. But um, we can just get right into it if you don't have to add anything. Nope. Okay. The first story we're going to read is called The Dead City, and it's by the user Darren Maloney. And Rhymes with baloney. Oh. I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> that was going through my head, but it was. And I'm just I like, literally didn't even have that thought. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> By but, the way, <laughs> Kirsten used to use that all the time. What? Baloney. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go too far into it. But. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen the, uh, I think it's Hangover 2. Mm-hmm. The movie The Hangover 2. Mm-hmm. It's in that movie. And I just, it just stuck with me for forever. <laughs> so, anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, this user asked me to add the... A Kindle link for this story where you can purchase it for like a few pennies um, just to support them. So I will put that in the show notes if you're interested in that at all. Um, but without further ado, we'll just get right into it. All right, let's go. It's called The Dead City. We scale the walls, we burglars of Eden. Once down, we keep to the grass beside the motorway, avoiding the gaze of the dead. We're pretty good at this kind of thing. After all, we've been doing it for years. A long line of cars queue to leave the city. They never will. The spectral occupants' cries of desperation are as airless and silent as the long-emptied horns of their cars. They went unheard by the aloof military long before they stopped making sound. We move on so as not to catch their gaze. I tell the rookie not to disturb the dead, making a joke about road rage. He doesn't quite hear me as he dwells on the site. A city that didn't know it was dead. Mile-high gravestones of glass and concrete pierce the clouds of black and gray. The city's epitaph written across their faces in the braille of broken windows. Dead dreams and the dust of decades. Pale faces in the windows. Phone calls on networks as dead as they are. Hushed conversations around stagnant water coolers. They don't see us. They only see what they saw back then. I say it to Walsh and the rookie, but mostly for myself. I always have to say it. 
when clinging to your rifle brings no comfort, cling to rituals. I watch the ghosts flood the streets at nightfall from the relative safety of a rooftop. The river sticks through the static of night vision. The last stampede of the dead but didn't know it's from those final panicked hours. Distance obscures their details and I'm glad I cannot recognize anyone. Small mercies. I look down at them a moment more. Then I turn away as surely as God did. They call it the chills. The kind of cold that seeps into more than just a man's bones. Cold from a place we were never meant to know. Distant gates ripped open by the cold engines that gave us power and fuel when the planet gave no more to be burned. So long as they still thrummed beneath the earth, we would never see what awaited us beyond death. Frozen in the mundane limbo of our final moments on repeat. A sickness, a penance for divine trespass, better to dwell on what we did know. We see a man on a nearby rooftop, throwing himself to his death to escape it. A futile effort, as he appears moments later to begin his attempt anew. Don't feel sorry for him, says Walsh. He's been doing it for years. We sleep on the rooftops, always. Safer that way, less foot traffic. But we always have one of us on watch, always looking out for a shadow stepping from a doorway here, a face in the dark there. They make no sound, and so it's our eyes that must remain vigilant. It's my turn tonight, so I drink a can of energy drink, one of the last of its kind, just like the still living. We burn, Detrius, we gathered at the foot of the building as much to see the fire exit door as for warmth. The fruity effervescence of the drink perks me up, and I begin to weep gently. I used to look forward to new flavors, but there will be no more. Perhaps it's the caffeine and sleep deprivation talking. I wipe my eyes. They must see clearly. We leave by the stairs. We bump into a ghost in a hurry, we have room to move on the stairwell, but she was quiet and far too quick. They always were. She wears the look of one jolted from a daydream as we bump elbows, and I know that we have to be quick. We exchange a bullet for time before she either changes or shows up again. We should have taken the elevator, the rookie says, half-joking. Elevators are never a good idea. Within one, a cold shoulder from a ghost is a mercy. A bumped elbow, far less so. I pray he never sees why. I also pray that I have reason enough to stop calling him Ricky soon, and throw in a quick prayer for better knees to tackle the rest of the stairs with. We shelter in a supermarket to avoid one of the disturbed. We hold our breath as it moves through the street, a mockery of the human form. Their final routines interrupted, 
fragile peace and the familiarity of life's habits forever shattered. The dead don't take kindly to interrupted rest. It changes them, turns them into something wrong. The roiling chaos of its shifting offal briefly aligns into something vaguely resembling the structure of a human face. It almost looks like the woman from the stairwell. I hope that I merely imagined it. I look away before my eyes begin to ache. We see an old woman examining her empty hands. Tins of food long looted. We add a few of our own to a shopping cart, careful not to disturb her. A brief glimmer of lost banality. She reminds me of my grandmother. I stuff the food tins and memories away in the cart. From the rooftop, I see metal behemoths over the walls. The macro carriers that fed the ever-ravenous expansion of the city when it still lived. Colossal cattle grazing concrete pastures, dozens of lanes wide. The grand highways that pinned our hubris across vast swaths of the earth. To the west, I see a maw of concrete, big enough to devour the metal behemoths. A military tunnel, cavernous and imposing. Would our treasures be there? The sentry guarding the compound pays us no heed as we trespass. Talk about being shit at his job. The rookie jokes. We laugh. It might be our last chance to. We stand in the mouth of the tunnel, sheltered from rain, and speak of a bounty of bullets awaiting us. An armory of heaven's army, ripe for the taking. The Stygian depths threaten to swallow us. We're in no position to refuse its call. I'm not defending our cart of food by throwing fucking stones. Walsh leaves no room for argument, for there is none. Our near-empty ammo pouches concur. In unknown depths, flickers of movement. A shadow, a boot... One soldier runs past, no doubt rushing to his futile quarantine on the outskirts. I want to laugh at how silly they look, how silly they acted even back then. Didn't they know they were infected too? The darkness steadily gives way to gray light, a vast gate rimmed and humming with profane power. It crackles occasionally, and the light within it bleeds a fog that chills all around it. I feel a fantastic warmth as I step close. Beneath the thrum, I hear the singing of my mother. With every crackling arc, the bark of my first dog. Walsh pulls me back with a warning shake of his head. I walk away, shirking free from the hypothermic lullaby. Gateways to cold spaces beyond mortal kin. We were never meant to wander that far. We find a vault, sealed tight. We argue over whether to open it, sealing something in or out, coffer or coffin. The cold fog nearby carries lessons abound on where curiosity landed us, but ignorance and greed prevail. Inside, the corralled scientists who peered beyond the cold light in the gate, driven irreversibly mad, and now contained no more. They change faster than we can reseal the door. We smell that dreaded, sanguine stench and hear their screeching inside our minds.
that grating keen that only the disturbed bellow. These ones are different. They shriek in languages without name. Panting, sprinting through the dark and cold, flailing flashlights, picking out others of their kind, drawn from the depths of the facility and blocking our way. We try to fight, but the bullets only do so much and we have so precious few. I see the rookie run through a gap in their ranks, leaving us behind. I finally use his name, roaring a curse upon it as it becomes clear that this complex will be our tomb. Walsh goes down and my eyes sting too much to see what becomes of him. These blights upon physical space, visual aberrations, bastard glitches in the code of nature. They close around me as my body goes cold, rent apart by fractural bone blades and screeching maws as we scale the walls, we burglars of Eden. Once down, we keep to the grass beside the motorway, avoiding the gaze of the dead. We're pretty good at this kind of thing. After all, we've been doing it for years. That's the end of the first one. That was really good. I like the way it was worded. Yeah. It reminds me of um, the movie The Maze Runner, mm-hmm. how it's, like, um, futuristic-y, but, like, not in a better way. Mm-hmm. Like, so when where they the said, world, like, goes to shit, kind of. So when they said, um, don't feel bad for that guy, he's been doing it for years. Yeah. They've also been doing the same thing for years. Right, so they've just been going in a in a mm-hmm. circle they've just been doing the same thing over and over again interesting and it took me a while to realize that but when it like starts when the story starts and it says the same mm-hmm. thing as the when the story ends made me realize oh like just like the guy that was jumping off the building it's mm-hmm. just a cycle yeah it was good i think that would be a really cool concept for a movie yeah i think it would be cool turned into a movie for sure but i really like the way it was written so if you liked it, go support the author. Yeah, for sure. And click the link in the bio and purchase his story off of Kindle, Amazon, Kindle. Yep, same thing, almost. I mean, you can buy Kindle on Amazon, mm-hmm. I believe. So. But it's only a few cents, yep. so. Cool. Um, the next story I'm going to be reading is very short, but it's a little more open for interpretation. Okay. Um, it is from the user... O underscore how underscore lovely. And the O's are zeros. zeros. It will be linked in the show notes as well. And the E with lovely? Is a three. Yep. My mind just like automatically make like reads it as oh how lovely. Yes. Yeah. But it's called This Woman Is Not My Mother. (gasps) Coraline vibes. Oh. I love Coraline. It's like one of my favorite movies. I don't I really don't think I've ever seen it. Bro, what? I'm serious. I don't you think I've ever seen You need to go watch Coraline. it tonight. I mean, I know. Go watch it. Go watch it. Where can I watch it on? Probably Disney Plus. Isn't it a Disney movie? It is a Disney movie. Or is it a Pixar movie? I think it's Disney. Now I need to look this up. Okay. I'll look it up on the laptop. Only. Okay, look it up. Oh, shit. Just the way it's worded. Oh, it's not a Disney movie. Oh, it's not? No, it is a 2009 American stop motion animated fantasy So this is called, This Woman Is Not My Mother. My mom went on a trip a few weeks ago, and she's been home for a while. But the thing is, this isn't her. 
she looks exactly like my mother. She has the same eyes, same straight nose, same smile. She has the same long, thick, blonde hair that goes down to the bottom of her shoulder blades. She has all the same tattoos and the same hole in her lip from an old piercing. She sounds just like my mother. Her voice is the exact mixed accent of Midwestern and Southern as my mother's. She laughs the same laugh, but I know that she is not my mother. She's doing things differently, the way my mother wouldn't normally do them. It's so subtle that I think only I have noticed it. She used to only ever cut sandwiches down the middle. Now she's cutting them diagonally. She doesn't pick the white chocolate-covered raisins from the milk chocolate-covered ones like she used to. My mother has a tendency to only put either 6 or 12 ice cubes in her drinks. Only ever 6 or 12. If there aren't 6 or 12, she won't drink it. This woman only puts 5 or 10. I didn't notice these changes right away. It took me a couple days. Whenever I ask about it, she tells me there's nothing wrong, that I must have missed her putting the sixth ice cube, or that she always cut the sandwiches diagonally. She knows that I know it's not my mother. I know she knows, because every time I ask, her eyes get angry. Nobody else believes me. My dad still thinks that this is the same woman he married 13 years ago. My brothers and sisters say they haven't noticed anything different. But I know for certain that this woman is not my mother. There are a few more little differences I've noticed since her return. She folds my pants differently. She uses a different bookmark than she did before. She stopped ordering root beer at restaurants and now only orders Sprite. She doesn't complain about my messy hair or dirty room or my posture. She washes her hair three times a week instead of two. She started buying name brand frozen strawberries instead of store brand. She won't do her silly voices and pretend she's speaking our dog's thoughts. She stopped wearing her wedding ring. She never used to take it off even though she and dad aren't really in love anymore. She once cried for an hour because it went down the drain and she thought she wouldn't get it back. Now she won't put it on. She doesn't make the same jokes anymore. I'm certain that whatever this thing is, it's not my mother. When I went to talk to her earlier, she was watching The Walking Dead. She hates The Walking Dead. We were the only ones home. Listen, I said, tell me the truth. You're not really my mom, are you? She looked up from the television. Of course I am, honey. I told you already, I am your mom. I'm not any different than I was before. My mother doesn't call me honey. She was getting angry, so I ran off to my room. That was a few hours ago. She's at my door now. I think she wants to speak with me. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It does give me Coraline vibes a little bit. Mm-hmm. That one was a little more vague. Yeah. 
I still like it, um, though. And open for interpretation. But mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of sinister. Oh, for sure. Kind of creepy. But Good I wouldn't th- know if it related to Coraline, because I've never seen the movie, so. Mm. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Not really. Cor- I, mean, I mean, she didn't ask to sew buttons in her eyes. So. I mean, Coraline's about... Is it a doll? Or is it a girl that is... It's a girl. That gets put into a doll or something? No. Oh. She you have to made watch into it. a doll. No. You have to watch it. Okay. <laughs> you just have to watch it. It's like... There's also a lot of theories surrounding the movie, so I suggest... If you haven't looked at those theories, um, do. Because it's actually... Some of them really do make sense about the movie, but... Mm-hmm. No, this girl... You just have to watch it. It's a lot. Like, you have to pay attention to the movie. Okay. I'll, to I'll, understand it. I'll like, watch it. You should. Okay, I will. But and she then. has an other mother. Oh, an other mother. Yeah. She calls her the other mother. Oh. There's That's basically, like, weird. a secret tunnel in her house. Mm-hmm. And she, it takes her to this other world. You just have to watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah. It's, like, supposed to be a scary movie for kids, I think. I knew it was supposed to be, like, creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But it's really good. Okay. I'll look into watching it. So, anybody that hasn't seen it, go watch it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Let's watch it and let's have a discussion about it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a movie club. Let's do it. Kirsten and I go home and we watch a movie and then come back and discuss it. Yeah. Dude, we just came up with a new podcast just now. I've seen people that have podcasts like that. Yeah, me too. Where they, re- like, watch movies and review them, talk mm-hmm. about them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, well, go subscribe to our Patreon if you haven't already. Link in the show notes. Yep. Always. Um, and I will link all of the stories and everything in the show notes as well. Yep. Uh, go give us a review or a rating, whatever you can do. We would prefer a review so we know what you guys want. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any creepy or crazy stories of your own, you can send them to our email, which will also link in the show notes, but make sure you put creepy story mm-hmm. in the link or whatever let's not meet yeah or something like the along those lines because if you don't do that we're not gonna find it yeah i know so other than that i think that's it yeah thanks for listening to my stories i hope you guys liked them go watch Coraline. go watch Coraline. all right thanks for listening bye bye